God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. that's right my name is scott adams you're listening to the scott adams show so if you caught the uh trump rally over the weekend trump is trump's coattails are strong and trump's momentum is strong in the wake of the az audit which we're going to read the highlights uh of the az audit but during that same weekend throughout college football and other events now People are using the phrase F F Joe Biden. Joe Biden's administration is is tanking even among the left. I mean, of course, he never won an election, but it's catching up with him. And he can't sustain it. It's like a dam that is breaking. And I don't think he's going to uh, withstand 330. 30 million people rising up against him. And that's what that's the fight that we're in. And we're in this fight not just with the nurses on the front lines and the hospital care workers, the that um the radiologists and the anesthesiologists and all these different people across the board particularly in, say, the state of New York, where they're putting down these draconian ultimatums like as if you're living in Australia right now. And you have these ultimatums, these draconian ultimatums. And what we have to do, I think, uh, is on multiple fronts fight back against this. If you don't want to take this vaccine and your job is in jeopardy, we need to find... And I'm probably going to do a show where I'll include this in more detail of how you can get yourself a fake vaccine passport uh, to fight back. Because if the government is going to break all the rules against you and your rights, then you should be allowed to break the rules yourself and not comply. I don't advocate cheating or violating laws, but these are not laws. 
And even if they were somehow emergency laws signed by one libtard uh, at the governor's mansion, it does not matter because those are unconstitutional laws. You are protected by your God and your constitution of the United States. And so these laws that they're passing, they'll be overturned by the federal uh, judges. And that's, the, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. Now, one thing, thanks to Donald Trump, we do have a conservative judge, uh, Supreme Court. They were going to keep all the way at least until the, 20, uh, the 2022 election. And a lot of people were suggesting that the Democrats are going to lose the House and the Senate. I don't see how they win. But we have to do a lot between now and then And it has less to do about policy because the Democrats have shot themselves. They're doing the damage to themselves. They're showing their true colors and they're showing that they hate America. Just look at what Ocasio-Cortez was was doing to Israel with that vote that ended in 420 to 9 or 10. And she was crying because Israelis got to defend themselves from slaughter, from missiles, from blowing up their women and children. Ocasio-Cortez should be brought up on war crime charges if that was allowed to pass. It's no different signing off on the bullet, uh, the uh, signing off on the assassin gets you life in prison. Some spouse kills their husband by hiring a hitman What's the difference, Casio-Cortez? What's the difference? Allowing Iran to do final missile tests this week for nuclear weapons is a violation of the JCPOA that the Europeans decided to stick with, even though Donald Trump pulled out of it and helped bring Iran to near financial ruin. Took out Soleimani, and took out al-Baghdadi. The Republicans, like Lindsey Graham, didn't like that too much. And in addition, the Democrats didn't like it. Why? Because it was, there were moves that hurt the Palestinian Authority. And the Palestinians control Hamas, and the Iranians control Hezbollah, and together they actually wreak havoc and hell on Israel. And why the liberals in Israel are confused? It's only going to take one missile to wake their wake themselves up. To blows up their families. And they need to learn and know better. And they need to also learn that these Democrats in the United States do not have Israel's best interests at heart. One of the few allies that are run by a dem- democracy the Democrats choose to abandon. They never show up at APAC every four years. They never, or every year. It's like a CPAC, but for the Jewish population. And the Jewish Democrats still vote for liberals over 70%. The same people that walked on those trains and to the uh, gas chambers. They need to wake up and realize and get over their guilt. 
their survival guilt or whatever it is that's causing them to have a bleeding heart and be chumps when it comes to the lies that are told by the Democrats. Jewish people need to wake up about this. Because we need their votes. Another sea shift is Black Lives Matter is joining MAGA in New York, opposed, and they're taking their violent schemes with them. And that's one thing that the Democrats, acting like terrorists, understand, thuggery. See, the Democrats in in the United States are no different than the terrorists in the Taliban in Afghanistan. They tear down religious symbols. They stymie free speech. They put people in boxes. They incarcerate people they disagree with. Stop me when I'm disassociating. Stop me when I'm talking about something that's happening in both the Taliban and the Democrats equally. You need look no further than supposedly Democrat Australia. Scott, Scott, I think it's Prime Minister Scott Morrison stood there and talked before the United Nations about humanity, humanity, human rights, when he's got people getting killed in the streets by his own policemen because they won't put a mask on or won't take a jab. And Big Bird de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo's replacement, that governor, they're radical left-wingers, that are ruining people's lives, putting people out of business, putting them on the food stamp and unemployment line. These were hospital professionals that they're taking, displacing out of their own career. A career that they've been doing for so long. We've gotten through 9-11 and hospital workers survived all that. Now, I dare say that now you're impacting millions of people and not just 3,000. This is proving to be a self-made crisis worse worse than 9-11. I've never dreamed that I would ever say that in my life because this is a ruse of a different kind. It's not as violent, but it's more deadly. And it's a con job. It's a Ponzi scheme. Tell me Madoff didn't do damage to families when he did his Ponzi scheme. These are life-ruining moments to American citizens who were law-abiding and and paid their taxes. And millions of people are going to end up dying, whether it's suicide, which was one of the choices on 9-11 that people had to make, Either burn or dive to your death. Well, people are almost at that point in America. But millions of people are being denied a a right to live a life. To make a living. And we're being lied to every step of the way. So you take a look at what happened in Afghanistan. They were asked on Capitol Hill last week, do you know the bombers that killed our 13 soldiers? Do you know those bombers? Not really. We can't 
tell you the methods methodologies in this open setting because it's you know it's it's classified classified hiding behind the shield of classification we got to do away with that everybody knows it's not classified and how they're going about we don't have any classification because we don't have any presence there there's no we have no classified data what our what our intelligence learns is exactly what you and I learn when we dig deep and do research and talk to people that are on the ground over there that we happen to know. And so it's it's just one of those things. So the way I see it, our intelligence, the same intelligence company, the same intelligence agencies, remember back when they were pushing the Russian hoax and they said, well, 17 intelligence agencies couldn't possibly get it wrong. Not all 17. And turned out it was only three or four. And the three or four that it, uh, that it involved were the John Brennan, James Clapper, and James Comey. Those are the three numbnuts that hated Trump the most. And it's no different than Watergate. Watergate had Mark Felt. And then they had the media, Woodward and Bernstein, and they colluded together. And it was Mark Felt that was the wiretapper uh, tapping the weather on the ground because of his daughter's involvement in one of those type of groups. And Mark Felt was the deep throat character in All the President's Men. And Mark Felt was the guy that was wiretapping the Black Panthers. And they blamed, they blamed Nixon for it. And it was... It was Hillary Clinton was involved with the Watergate Commission until she got fired for being untrustworthy. And she was the one that financed the Russian hoax. So you see, it's the same playbook. It was a Democrat operation. The plumbers were socialists, Marxists from Cuba and worked at the CIA. The CIA spooks, the same people that killed JFK, the same people that involved the Bushes, Herbert Walker Bush was a CIA agent. Then he became the CIA uh, director. So all the players today that hate Trump, whether it's the walrus and and uh, Stefan Halper, who I know many people that know that dude. Older guy that worked with Herbert Walker Bush in his primary campaigns against Ronald Reagan. And when Ronald Reagan won, when Ronald Reagan won, which wasn't supposed to happen, Herbert Walker found himself as the vice president candidate or the vice presidential nomination through coercion. And 63 days into Reagan's first term, he's shot by a guy named Hinckley that actually had a, whose parents had a dinner date with the Bushes that week. It was canceled. They were connected. They knew each other. I'm not making this up. This is all fact. You can look it up. So tell me this corruption doesn't exist. It's since, since the uh, days of Carter, we have had either a Bush, well, we had Reagan. That was unexpected. He was sort of like the Trump in the room. But then we had the Bushes, the Clintons, 
and the Obamas. Three different names. All towed the line of what? What did they tow the line of? New World Order Globalism. New World Order Globalism is communism. New World Order Globalism is socialism. New World Order Globalism is a rigged system that puts mom-and-pop businesses out of business because that's what this whole thing is about, folks. And until we get an understanding of this, and I know that you've heard me say it, but you know I repeat it because we get different listeners different days. But it's the multinational corporations that benefit from the multinational trade deals. They get a seat at the table and they all gain access to the commodities in India and China, mostly China, for manufacturing imports. Nike, Apple, Walmart, Amazon, all benefit from 12-year-olds working 18-hour days for $2 a day in China. It's called slave labor. But the widgets are cheap. So are the sneakers and so are the... uh, Well, the sneakers aren't cheap. What may cost Nike $2 to make in a sweatshop in China, they sell for $118. And who do they sell it to? The black community. The poor black community. Some of the poorest of our poor in America. They like that quick little fix. They want something nice that they can afford. They can't afford a car. They can't afford a house. So they buy themselves a set of sneakers that costs $120. And they feel special. It's a psychological thing. Just like people who gain weight or people who suffer from depression. And why wouldn't you if you're impoverished, living in a a ghetto where people are shooting one another and they're high on drugs? What better way to get people high on drugs than to open the borders and allow the drugs to come through? What better way to bring drugs and make them more affordable? Gas isn't affordable anymore. It's 5 to $6 a gallon in some places. And it's going to go up. I just saw a report that indicated uh, crude oil has gone up and it's, got, it's spiked. We haven't even seen what that's going to cause. So we have a lot to worry about because the government is lying to us right to our face. All week last week, before the committees, Alessandro Mayorkas, the same guy that was sitting next to Biden when Biden said he wants a floodgate of imports, he wants to make it by 2000, he said this in 2015, by 2017, he said, I want to see the whites, Anglo-Saxon Europeans, as as a more minority group in the United States. He wanted to social engineer demographics. And did he do was he talking about that because they're a needy class of, of peasantry that will vote Demo- for Democrat policies? Probably. But wasn't he also talking about the slave labor, uh, domestic slave labor? So we talked about the multinational corporations using exploiting multinational trade deals like TPP or like these trade deals 
to bring in another wrinkle, which is climate initiatives that, that, that only allow a certain key component or player to play at those tables because they're added ingredients that make for a more exclusive environment. And only the biggest multinational corporations survive and can play in those fields. And so now you have the domestic need. The corporations also want domestic. There's a lot of multinational, there's a lot of big companies that want domestic help. And they too are multinational corporations. Whether it be restaurant chains like McDonald's or, you know, you name it. Walmart is found in many countries. And even Amazon and places like that. But, most for the most part, where you need services, big multi big restaurant corporations need someone to run their dishwashers. Do you think that the Rothschilds stop at the French border? No, but they need great pickers for their vineyards out in California. They got them, and the same thing is true with beef and poultry plants. They're not just. Some of these companies are bigger than just America. And they need these workers in all of these different countries. Domestically. In country. It's not a widget being made in China that's being imported on a ship into the United States. It's actual workers that are working the fields and the slaughterhouses and all these places. And I talked about it last week that we're over-educated, over-latted, over-spoiled. And these children that get out of college, they don't ever want to work a jackhammer or they don't ever want to pick grapes off of a vine or they don't ever want to work in a slaughterhouse. They're too good. They're too privileged. And so that's the, that's the, that's, therein lies the problem is they won't do it. And so we created this monster and then we put the fire out by importing slave labor markets. People from Haiti and Honduras and El Salvador. And not not only do they not get paid enough, which causes them to resort to a drug trafficking trade or a human trafficking trade, which might involve the sex trade, which is popular in Beverly Hills where they get these cute little underage people to come up and work the parties, serve the cocaine and go in the back room and get serviced. I mean, it's terrible what's happening here. And, you know, you get these other uh, Democrats, whether it's um, McCowan or Nicki Minaj, they're starting to break ranks and they're starting to tell truths that are these hidden secrets about Hollywood executives and the cover-ups that have been going on for ages and all those weak platitude speeches that they were given at the Oscars and the Grammys. They need to now just shut up because their goose is cooked. They're, they're outed for the crimes that they've done and the hypocrisy they've committed. And so this is where it lies. 
Now, I'm going to play some clips for us today that are actually very telling. And I played this clip a couple of times now, but this is a good setup to the clips that happened with Mayorkas, with Chris Wallace over the weekend, and then also Stephen Miller. But the first thing I want to do is play these clips. I played actually uh, probably Friday or Thursday. But wasn't Trump's speech great? It was a wonderful speech, wasn't it, in Perry, Georgia? Fabulous speech. I mean, the guy is just amazing and nails it every time. No wonder they're so afraid of him. He's the best thing that's ever happened to our country. And anybody that talks about an easier road to win with DeSantis or somebody else, don't listen to that. The guy that deserves another crack at the apple is Donald Trump. He earned it. He's got the wounds and the scars to prove it. And I don't I don't really much care about everything else. This guy took bullets for me. This guy took arrows for me. This guy made sacrifices for me. And the only thing I can do for Donald Trump is to lend him my support and give him my support. And I will do that. Now, let me tell you something. I think that if you were to hire a DeSantis and make him the VP, they would win Florida for sure. They would win in 2024. And then President Trump would be done. And DeSantis would win in 28. And DeSantis would win in 32 and carry our country to 2036. And if we had that much time with Republican leadership like DeSantis and Trump, we would get ourselves out of this fix. We're at the edge right now of disaster. And the way we fix it, and people always want to know, what is the solution? And the solution is to win those elections. And how do we win them? We have to get ahead of the election fraud. And I think that the AZ audit went a long way in exposing the fraud. And we're going to rattle off a whole list of fraud. And there's litigation. There's criminal investigations now going on. There's other audits, like in Texas, that are going to take place. And we're going to find, we're going to get to the bottom of the fraud. And we're going to realize that the Democrats have been playing us for fools, which I already knew. But as a mass general, even the mainstream media is not going to be able to cover all this. And the other part that's going to catch up is Biden's just not likable. He treats the media like they're peasants. Donald Trump used to treat the media like children, perhaps, but he, he answered every one of their questions, just like as if you were a child asking your parent a question. And he would give them the answers straight. So I want to take a listen to this. This is Mayorkas. No excuses. He tries to blame Trump for everything because he's a, he's, a, he's a twit. This Mayorkas guy is the biggest jerk on the planet. But let's take a listen. Um, and I'd like to understand from you what Trump-era immigration policies have been banned, All of ended, them much, right? reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you. Uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies, it would take so much time to list them. 
I mean, I'd like to understand. So basically the wall is out, right? They don't like walls. Walls work. They don't like walls, right? But the walls work. So let's take a listen to Joe Biden right here. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Now, what's key is Mayorkas in 2015 is sitting exactly next to Biden. Like one, they're almost rubbing shoulders together. Okay, so they go way back as buddies. An unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent. For the first time in 2017, we'll be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America. It's 2015, from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. An and again, it's for votes and it's for slave labor. Two things that are fraudulent and criminal. Because the reason why I'm going there is because what happened in Del Rio in the last 72 hours is nothing but pure criminal behavior. And everybody pretty much has to see it that way. And so, you know, I want to get to uh, another clip by Joe Biden. And this Joe Biden clip is going to this is from 2007 or 8 and it's telling it's absolutely telling it's from 2006 2006 that's not that long ago folks so it's 15 years ago you don't change unless you're just a politician that's a criminal like Joe Biden is let's take a listen to what he has to say here. Seven hundred miles. He voted for seven hundred miles of fence. He said, because it's a little bit. This is an unclear. This is a hard to hear audio. But um, he voted for seven hundred miles of fence. Okay, this is in two thousand six. This is Joe Biden. Well, let me tell you, we can build a fence forty stories high unless you change the dynamic in Mexico. And and you will not like this. And punish American employers who knowingly violate the law when, in fact, they hire illegals. So build 700 miles of fence and punish the corporations who hire illegals. Unless you do those two things, all the rest is window dressing. Now, I know I'm not supposed to say it that bluntly, but they're the facts. They're the facts. And so everything else we do is in between here. Everything else we do is, 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 is at the margins. The reason why I, parenthetically, why I believe the fence is needed is not related to immigration as much as the drugs. I'm the guy that goes to National Crime Bill. I'm the guy that goes so to now he's basically saying that the fence that's being built 
it's not just for about immigration nearly as much as it's about drugs. He wants to stop the drugs from flowing through. He thinks that if you don't have a fence, then you're just basically going to bring drugs into our country. I'm the guy that broke the law that set up a drug czar. Let me tell you something, folks. People are driving across that border with tons, tons, hear me, tons of everything from byproducts from methamphetamine to cocaine to heroin. It's all coming up through corrupt Mexico. So I would have, as they say, the southern part of my state, I'd have an all, I'd have an altar call with those boys. I'd have a little come Lord meeting. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Any of you know about me? I've been doing this a long time. I've known every single major world leader in every country for the past 20 years. And I know a lot of them well because they came up like you guys in business. I've been a senator, only four senators so far in the United States Senate. I've been a senator in the United States Senate. But the bottom line, folks, is we got to level with these folks. Don't tell me. Don't tell me in Mexico do you expect to get the same kind of treatment that we give other democracies and then you don't act in a democratic way? Not on my watch. Not on my watch. So that's Joe Biden. Complete 180, flip-flop, from everything he stands for today. That is sad, right? What a politician. What a, what a complete fraud this guy is. So, now there's more. So, what we want to do is catch up to speed on what happened this weekend. I thought that, you know, I don't listen to Chris Wallace, so these came as clips after the fact. But first, I want to get Peter Ducey's questionnaire with Mayorkas. Let's take a listen to this. Back, please, uh, to the images of these. Mounted. By the way, you won't get an answer from Mayorkas because he was lying all last week, trying to extend. And then finally, all of a sudden, with Chris Wallace, he comes out of the bag and says, yes, it could be a more than 12,000. Border patrol officers. You said on Saturday, or rather uh, on the 20th, to ensure control of the horse, long reins are used. The person who took these photos of the Border Patrol agents says, I've never seen them whip anyone. So why is the president out there today talking about people being strapped? So, so let me, let me, um, uh, let me correct uh, um, the statements in your question, if I may. It was on Friday. No, no, if, if, if I may. Um, uh, it was on Friday when I was, um, actually it was on Monday, I believe, um, when I was in Del Rio uh, on the ground. Uh, and I made the statements uh, without having seen the images. I saw the images on the flight back, and I made the statement that I did with respect to what those images suggested. Um, uh, there, the horses have long reins, and uh, the image in the photograph uh, that we all saw and that horrified the nation raised serious questions about what. It, let me finish uh, about what occurred. And as I stated quite clearly, it conjured up images of what has occurred in the past. Let me, let me finish. Uh, there's also a question of how one uses the horse and how one interacts with individuals with the horse. And so I'm going to let the investigation run its course. I'm not going to interfere with that investigation. The facts will be determined 
by the investigators, and then the results will be driven by the facts that are determined. And just to follow up, please, uh, before the facts are in, is it helpful to your investigation for the President of the United States to use inflammatory language like people being strapped? Let me just be very clear and um, repeat what I've said. I am not concerned with respect to the integrity of the investigation. We know how to conduct an investigation with integrity. I served as 12 years as a federal prosecutor. There were a great deal of comments in many of the cases that I handled in the public sphere, and I know how to maintain the integrity of an investigation. So that's my orcas not answering the question. And the question was, why, if you don't know the facts, why would you draw the conclusion that somehow the CP, uh, uh, Customs Border Patrol is racist, is whipping black Haitians with their reins. Why would you make that statement if you don't know what was going on? And in fact, the photographer said none of that was going on. And that finally, to address that problem of their stupid investigation over that, Governor Abbott said, whatever happens to the individuals that were on those horses, they have a job at the Texas border working for Texas. And that was great to hear. So let's take a listen to Mayorkas talking to Chris Wallace. I want to... I want to start with those 30,000 Haitian migrants who came across the border into Del Rio, Texas, since September 9th, as you say. You say that 12,400 will have their cases heard by an immigration judge, and another 5,000 are being processed by your department. Mr. Secretary, of those 17,400, how many have been released into the U.S. and how many more potentially could be released into the U.S.? So, Chris, um, uh, about 3,000 are actually in detention, uh, and we make those detention determinations in the best interest of the American public. Others are in immigration court proceedings. They are monitored by us. We impose conditions uh, upon them, so we uh, keep in touch with them and ensure their appearance in court as the law requires. But to answer my question directly, of the 17,400 that weren't deported back or didn't return on their own to Mexico, how many of them either, ha well, first, how many have been released into the U.S.? Uh, they're released on conditions, yes. and, and uh, approximately, I think it's about 10,000 or so. 12,000. Have been released? Yes. And of the 5,000 that are still in process? We will uh, make determinations whether they will be uh, returned uh, to uh, Haiti uh, based on our public health and public interest uh, authorities. So are we talking about a total of 12,000 or could it be even higher? It could, uh, it could be even higher. So, you know, and then they, were, they don't even know... They're not even testing these people. That's the other sad, sad truth of this whole thing, is they're not testing. And, um, wow, I don't have the clip I was looking for. Um, all right, so Steve Miller also gave a good response to that. Um, and I can't, uh, let's see, I can't find it. But in any case, when questioned, when Mayorkas is questioned, 
you know, basically, uh, he can't give any answers, straight answers, as to, you know, whether these people are being tested. Of course, they're spreading viruses all over, right? Uh, you know, so they're spreading viruses. Oh, right here. This is what I was looking for. No. I was... <laughs> All right, so I just I can't find uh, what I was looking for, unfortunately, there. Um, but all the answers he's given are basically that he has not been able to do that. So one other thing before we uh, leave this particular subject of COVID and uh, some of the other, before we get to the AZ audit, because that's where we're going to go next, Um wanted to uh I wanted let's see okay un un unwelcome silence right oh by the way, one other thing that happened over uh at the end of the last week the vaccinated had break for through cases this was a case. Uh, with the view. Let's take Still a these unvaccinated people that concern me the most. Look at the numbers. Yeah. They're not lying. These are the facts. Get your vaccine. So it is surprising to me that parents across the country are still uh, anti-vaxxers, they're anti-mask, they're anti-mandate, but they're not protecting their own children. So you can't just say, well, I'm not going to take the vaccine because it is my choice. It is, <coughs> it is no longer your choice when you have to, when your decisions are impacting other people. I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and uh, and, and we're going to bring Sonny you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll t tell you why in a couple of minutes. Since this is going to be a major news story any minute now. Yeah. What happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for COVID. No matter how hard we try, uh, these things happen. They probably have a breakthrough case, and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated. Up the wazoo. Still, these unvaccinated people that concern. So. They had to step off the stage and they were supposed to have, I guess, Kamala Harris on, which was uh, bizarre. And so Kamala Harris, of course, didn't appear. And they announced that at the very last minute, which was somehow, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's one other COVID clip I want to play and then we're going to move on to... Uh, move on to a uh, I think oh, the AZ audit and we're going to give you a really good list here oh and then there's this other thing that we uh, are going to try to get to today also um, great article um, and this uh, something something Goofy's hanging, happening with my uh, system right now. In any case, um, let's just move on to AZ audit. All right, so here are some findings from the AZ hearing that we uh, got to listen to over the weekend. And it says here, there is, well, Friday, and there is more info, but some key findings are here below. So the process, over 100,000 man hours were put into processing 2.1 million ballots by hand. Each ballot went 
through an examination under a high-quality DLSR camera, along with microscopic images of the fronts and backs of the ballots. Completed so far, hand-counting of all federal races, image and microscope capture of each ballot. So the findings were a canvas showed over 3,400 more ballots were cast than recorded. Over 9,000 more mail-in ballots were received and recorded than the official number of mail-in ballots sent out by the county. So that's 9,000 there. Precincts showed more ballots casted on Election Day than people who showed up to vote. So precincts showed more ballots casted on Election Day than, than people showed up to vote. 1,551 extra votes. Approximately, so that means that somebody was manipulating the votes. Precincts show approximately 2,500 ballots were shown in the early vote returns that do not have a voter listed as casting them. Over 255,000 early votes show in the, in the county's final vote file that do not have corresponding entry in the early voting returns file. Over 23,000 voted by mail. After moving, after moving after the October 5th cutoff. So 2,382 votes casted votes in Maricopa County in in person after moving out of the county. So they voted in person after they moved. That's got to be somebody else, right? Over 2,000 voters who moved out of Arizona during the 29 days before the election were given a full ballot instead of a presidential-only ballot. So that would impact the downline ticket. Close to 300 deceased voters potentially voted. There are an unprecedented number of discrepancies in the vote total. This could only happen through malicious actions or severe incompetence from Maricopa County officials. Too many discrepancies to declare an outright winner of Arizona's electoral votes. They need to decertify this, this, this actual election in Arizona and let the chips fall where they may. See, you've got to do the right thing. I believe that's what we have to do in this case. And they're, they're pushing for that. Now, whether they succeed or not is a whole other animal. But we need to do the right thing. And the right thing is to decertify. All right. So I want to get to this one final thing. And this is going to probably bring us. And here it says, Google renders this document unsafe. But I'm going to continue and go into the unsafe land. Now, this blew me away. This article is posted on my Twitter. It was written uh, September 22nd, 2021. 30 facts you need to know. Your COVID crib sheet. You asked for it, so we made it. A collection of all the arguments you'll ever need. So, COVID deaths. So, the survival rate of COVID is over 99%, despite what they try to tell you. And number two, 
there has been no unusual excess mortality. So if you look at the overall death, to me, this is the most important number. COVID deaths in 2020 are less than they were in 2008. And so for the last 10 years, we've been pretty much in line with some of the numbers, like in 2009, 10, 11, 12, they were uh, at a certain level. 2020 is not that far different. It's not an outlier. And so, and it was, it was certainly not the highest. It's much, much lower than the average. If you go back to 1943 and look at this bar chart, it's not, it's not, it's lower. So this spike in terms of overall deaths, which means that even though they have a high number of COVID, they have a low number of flu, and the aggregate number is somewhere normal. So we're not really dying off. Maybe a little bit because this was a man-made virus that was killing people. Certainly not killing people anymore, hardly. But whatever they do kill, it's murder because this was a bioweapon. And nobody deserved to be shot. You know, this is like a war, right? Nobody deserved to be shot. What was their crime? What was their war crime? See, whoever's behind this is guilty of a war crime. Genocide. By this measure, 2020 isn't even the worst year for mortality since 2000. In fact, since 1943, only nine years have been better than 2020 in terms of death or bigger. Similarly, in the U.S., ASMMR, for 2020, it's only at 2,004 levels when you count the population increase. So COVID death counts, number three, COVID death counts are artificially inflated. Countries around the globe have been defining a COVID death as a death by any cause within the 28, 30, 60 days of positive tests. Healthcare officials from Italy, Germany, the UK, US, Northern Ireland, and others have all admitted to this practice. So basically we take a listen. Of the definition of people dying of COVID. So the case definition is, is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, it technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. So yeah, that is helpful. So removing any distinction between dying of COVID and dying of... There was people, 80% were were over um, 80 years old, um, not to mention the fact that most of them, I think 94% had one comorbidity and many had three comorbidities. The vast majority, number four, the vast majority of COVID deaths have serious comorbidities. Okay, I just mentioned that one. Number five, average age of COVID death is greater than the average life expectancy. So the average life 
expectancy, uh, the average COVID death in the UK is 82 and a half years. In Italy, it was 86, Germany, 83, Switzerland, 86, Canada, 86, the US, 78, and the Australia, 82. In almost all the cases, the medium age of COVID death is higher than the national life expectancy in that country. Number six, COVID mortality exactly mirrors the the natural mortality curve. Number seven, there has been a massive increase in the use of unlawful DNRs. Watchdogs and government agencies have reported huge increases in the use of do not resuscitate orders over the last 20 months. So they're automatic if you have COVID, it's a do not resuscitate order. So that would add to the deaths. Number eight, lockdowns do not prevent the spread of disease. There is little to no evidence lockdowns have any impact on limiting COVID. In fact, I think it's dangerous. Number nine, lockdowns kill people. There is a strong evidence that lockdowns through social, economic, and of course it hurts your immunity as well. Number 10, hospitals were never usually overburdened. That was a lie, too. In March 2020, it was reported that hospitals in Spain and Italy were overflowing. But this happens every flu season. In 2017, the hospitals were at 200% capacity. So part three, PCR tests. PCR tests were not designed to diagnose illness. The reverse transcript polymers chain reaction RT-PCR test is described in the media as the gold standard for COVID diagnosis. But the Nobel Prize winning inventor of the process never intended it to be used as a diagnosis tool. So there were a lot of fallacies. And, you know, although we're running out of time today, we're up to number 12. We're going to get to all 30 of these in our show tomorrow. And what we're going to do is cover this because these mandates are basing everything off of what we're discovering and learning here, right? And what we have to do is understand exactly what the facts and the truths are so that we don't fall prey to not only the vaccine passports, mandates, but the ensuing social credit score systems that are going to control your speech, your behavior, your credit, and everything else in between. We do not want to go down that slippery slope, and we don't want to fall prey to empowering our government to control us as people. We were born with the right to worship our God, our li- and, and we were born with the right to liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness. So with that, my name's Scott Adams. We, we're at the end of our show today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org, and scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.